to Faith Over Breakfast. Uh, Eric and I are here at Exo Coffee on a sunny spring Tuesday morning in Tucson, Arizona. This uh, this podcast essentially keeps coming back to the Easter egg. Um, yes. Some it, 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 it we're there. We're we're elsewhere. Um, we. Uh, Somewhere in the middle there, just bear with us. We have a moment, and then we, uh, and then I think we get back into some um, stuff that's really helpful. But even the moment, uh, I would just, I would say, was a meaningful one for us. So it was a meaningful. Join us, yeah. And uh, <laughs> hey, yeah, go on to uh, the different places like um, Apple and Google Play and rate us because if you rate us then we stay higher in the search engine means more people can hear us means that they don't drop us off the search engines and all those kinds of things Brian I guess agrees. that's not important but <laughs> thanks Brian um, anyway thanks for joining us yeah. and uh, we look forward to spending the next uh, 50 minutes with you alright Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast with Andy and Eric. I just got here. It's and, good uh, to see you, Andy. It's good to see you too, Eric. You seem a little bit flustered. Yeah. I hit every red light. Mm-hmm. I dropped off David late. No, just, yeah, and I was coming from Pantano and Broadway. Why? Because I that's, that's school. That's school. Oh. Ugh. So. Man. Well. We know some of you are in Japan, and you don't know where Pantano, Pantano and Broadway is, but it's far. It's far, and if it's you really hit every far. red light, it's not. it doesn't take the 20 minutes that it normally does. Yeah, man. Well, sorry. No, here I am. I've been here since 7 a.m., so I'm just Oh, well, you didn't play basketball out. today? I didn't play basketball. Oh, and you're in your Jelly Belly outfit today. I'm in my Jelly Belly jacket. Yeah, you look like a racer. I, do, I look fast, even though I'm not. And uh, anyway, my name's Andy Littleton. Your name's Eric Seepin. This is Faith Over Breakfast. We're in Tucson, Arizona. Right. Exo Coffee. Yeah. Where we're they sorry, have, too, that we didn't do a podcast last week. So we didn't people do a had podcast. to wait. Yeah. I, yeah. My life has been crazy. Your life's crazy right now, but you're still here. Yeah. Exo Coffee is good. Their service is good. You know how I know it's good? How do you know it's good? Because uh, they forgot to make my, my cup when I first ordered. Uh-huh. Um, and I just, I knew I was going to be here for a long time. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. I'll get it in a little bit. And then I went up not complaining. I just was like, hey, I didn't get I didn't get that coffee earlier. And they apologized profusely, offered to make me extra cups today, uh, gave me free drinks for the future. Um, really? Yeah. And this is a small family-owned establishment. Three cups for the future. Is that like a special like card you get too? Three yeah, cups look. for the future. Oh, you did. Look, I've got cards. Oh, and they stamped them out for you. Yeah. Nice. That's sweet. So, um, I've just been dealing with uh, 
Desert Toyota of Tucson. I'm just going to say the name of this company right now. Cause Desert Toyota, because they're big and they can squash us. They're big and they can squash us, and I wish they had the kind of service Exo Coffee has, because uh, they misdiagnosed my truck twice, wasted hours of my life, and didn't nearly apologize as profusely and quickly and make up for or it Or give as you fast. free cars in the future. Or they just... <laughs> Man. Anyway. Well, you should take it to Jeff. I actually that's exactly what I did. Yeah. It's my my truck is at Jeff's shop now. <laughs> See, and this is how churches share their mechanics. This is not yeah. the way it should be. Churches should share their mechanics. They should share their mechanic. And and apparently they do. He knows yeah. everybody in every church. And I share people at you know, your uh my plumber has been to you know, Rod's house. Yes. Which, who's your plumber again? Ty. Ty? I haven't met Ty He's the yet. best. Ty is Someday the best Someday I'll send him to you, too. Okay. Hopefully. If he doesn't... We've if used doesn't... easy plumbing, which I like a lot. That sounds simple. Yeah. <laughs> they come in, they do the job. They're usually about 25% less than everybody else. Do they do the difficult stuff? They do. They hmm. took my toilet off and... Chipped out the cement and replaced the pipe yeah. and put it back in. and That's always fun. Yeah. And they were kind enough, even though I can seat my own toilet, they I came can, in and I did it. I can sit on my own toilet. Yeah, I can too. They came in and did it for me for free because I didn't want it. That's awesome. I don't like the wax ring. And just, I don't like to oh, do the yeah. wax ring. The wax ring. And then yeah. if you don't quite get it tight enough, you got a little... Uh, yeah, little little rock on your toilet. Yeah, a little rock, or you got a little seep. A little, little seep. Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> it's gross. all really. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so here we are. Yeah, we just had Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday just happened. Yeah, we did too. We had one baptism. That was fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. What'd you do for Easter? Just the normal. We're a small church. We don't we don't do anything special. So here comes the train. <laughs> so. I was just talking to my friend Stephen, and he loves that when the train goes by, there's supposed to be a point, but he misses that it was Brian's point. So he was saying, and I think it's a good good idea, that we should um, just pretend that Brian has been here the whole time when the train goes by, and just say, oh, thanks, Brian. Thanks for that. Yeah, thank you, Brian, for yeah. that point. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. So so Brian just made a point. Brian's our, our old helper, our old host. Um, and every time the train would go by, we would pretend like he was going to make a profound point. And usually he did not make a profound point at that time. Right. Yeah. He was just talking. He was just talking. Anyway, so, okay, so say that again. You're a small church, so you don't do no we live only, animals. The only special thing we do, we do two special things. One is we do baptisms, because I love the idea of... Baptism on Resurrection Day, as it's such a beautiful picture. Do you, you plan for that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people are like so. Um, is Easter the only time I can get baptized? <laughs> like, no, we just like to do baptisms on Easter. So, long as we have like you know five or six baptisms this year, we only had one. Do you delay conversions? <laughs> yeah, sorry, you don't get to know Jesus until Easter. <laughs> then the other thing is, everybody brings food. Um, on Easter, and usually it's soup. Nice. So everybody brings soup on Easter, or, or bread, or dessert. Yeah. So that's the only two things. That, instead of someone cooking for the whole church. So I'm. Um, 
some of the things that are on my mind are things in which I'm just going to say now to all of my friends and people who view this differently I love you I don't I'm not trying to to beat up on folks but I struggle with a couple things so just from what I I see from the social media realms what it feels like Easter has become is a photo op day for one yeah um and I don't know I just I was struggling with like I was thinking about my as we were leading up to this Easter because it's been kind of crazy in our world so we honestly didn't have like didn't do anything for Easter we really didn't do anything and we didn't have a very good plan like we we didn't think through even I don't know that we even really applied our values as a church necessarily like we should have because because I was working on our building until 1230 a.m. Easter morning. So, you opened up, though, right? At the building? We did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was it fun? It was fun. It was... <laughs> I was dead. I was so dead. Oh, I, I know this story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but we, we made it. And that was, that was exciting. And it's good. It's really good. Um... But a couple things that, you know, I just noticed, we didn't do any kind of, it never even crossed my mind to make, like, an Instagram spot. And then I realized, like, a lot of churches, including great friends of mine, all had, like, like an Instagram setup for Easter, right. you know? And I had made a joke. My daughter asked me if we got her an Easter basket, and I just said no. She said, why not? And I said why would we like oh Jesus rose from the dead here's some chocolate and she laughed she thought she just thought my sarcasm was funny in that moment but I just sort of like that's sort of where I am with some of this stuff like maybe I'm a little jaded but I'm like I feel I think like I don't engage deeply enough with the resurrection ever like I should and so, like, coming around to something like Easter and, like, the big crescendo of it, I have one vivid Easter memory from church my life. And that was when I went to, I went to Victory Assembly of God as a kid. And I won the Easter egg contest, which means I found a lot of hidden eggs. And I won a giant chocolate rabbit. Wow. I don't remember anything else about any other Easter service, and I think that stinks. Like, that's not good. I don't... I don't know. Or no, or it doesn't seem like that should be so, the, what the church What I hear you saying me. is uh, you don't like how these churches are putting out the Easter eggs and trying to bring people in so that they can hear the gospel? Right. Wow. Yeah. I don't like gimmicking people into hearing the gospel with chocolate. Wow. I will just say that. I don't. You don't like it? No. But but you apologize at the beginning of this podcast for not hurting anybody else's feelings. You well, want to make sure that, that it's just something you're struggling with and that they shouldn't feel offended. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing. Like, because I don't, like, it's, it's sweet to see people's family pictures. Yes really sweet Uh you know that's great 
And uh, and I love that kids like to hunt for round objects in the grass. That is That's also fun. great. Yeah. That is also fun. I love chocolate. It chocolate one of my favorite things in the world. Right. I completely get the motivation of chocolate. But putting that around the resurrection is hard for you. Yeah. So I, I, I imagine that if you went into the temple and there were all the people at the tables, you'd be like, okay, guys, like, I don't mean, I understand why you're all doing this because, you know, we have to get the right the right sacrifices for everybody. But I'm going to have to fold this table but down gonna, gently. I'm going to fold it up and put it down because we can't do this anymore. I'm not going to throw the table, but I... It could be okay, but I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> Right. So you don't like you don't like the fact that maybe your church is a critique on other churches. Well, here's or what I you here's no 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 here's here's what here's the truth. Okay, I don't think we were a critique on other churches this year. You feel like you really kind of went into the mainstream. Yeah. So what elements of the mainstream did you buy into this year? Well, we did have an egg hunt. Your church had an egg hunt? We did. It was minimal. But we did. And part of it is I just didn't have it in me to to disagree much on it. I made a quick statement that I wanted to have more meaningful traditions. But then when other people wanted to do it, I just was like, okay, go ahead. Like, because I was just so tired. Right. Um, and uh, well, we were the our sermon. I, <laughs> Who spoke? Nick spoke. Okay, it was great. This is this was we did not go along with the norm here, which was actually I loved it. We're going through Genesis. Um, it was Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Nice Easter Sunday. So good. The theme was salvation by grace, but I loved that it was not just your standard motivational empty tomb talk. It was like, what does that have to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? Which, actually, I found very, like, alarming in a good way. Like, that was not the Easter sermon I even expected, even though I knew it was coming. It was, and it wasn't just run-of-the-mill like pastel colors and it was like Abraham interceded for Lot Jesus is the better Abraham we live because of him judgment is real it was I I thought it was helpful so that I'm I was excited about that okay really excited so you did, you did do a little bit. But you felt like this whole year maybe your church hasn't been a critique. Maybe, maybe Mission Church is just another mainstream church with a few tatted people, you know, not really I, I struggle with that, man. Yeah. I do. I do. Like, like, do we, at the end of the day, like, are we still just, like, because people like cool music and, like, cool churches and are we just just another uh, run-of-the-mill 
new hipster expression of... So yeah, now the cool church has changed its name to the bridge. You are now the new cool We're church. New... We should say Mission Cool or Cool yeah. Mission. Yeah. Ooh, cool Mission Church. I don't know, man. Are we? That's, a little breeze I... going by. I can see the sorry. I struggle with that. Do you ever struggle? No, you're always so sure about, your, about the village. I am pretty confident about the village, yes. Tell me why. I mean, I, I mean, my my doubts and things about my community tend to be more around my own capacities to be a pastor and to pastor the people that God sent me. But people have such an adverse reaction to the village, or a right. you know, wow, this is what I've been looking for. Love it or hate I'm it. Pretty yeah. sure that that we're at least critiquing things. We may not be right, but we're in the, the just the way we're living our life serves as a critique. You're not, yeah, and I've. Having gone to the village a couple times, I appreciate that it is not... I don't show up and just go like, oh yeah, this is just like every other church. Right. I don't. Yeah. Right. I mean, we work hard at that, and and, and some people would say to our detriment. Um, Who would say that and why? You don't, don't name names. I'm yeah. just saying, what type of people say that and why? I, I think... I think people who maybe frustrated with particular parts of, of the church itself, like the larger church, and they're looking for something different, but when they come to the village, they find like another way of understanding God and maybe some community, but they don't, maybe they don't like the music, or they don't like the fact that there are so many people that just, they find it difficult to connect to because of all of their struggles in life, or though they're quirks or their introvertedness I mean because our church tends to be more introverted even though people say oh wow it's really friendly everybody talks to me when you come on Sunday it is in general relatively friendly but it's a difficult place to find you know friendship right off the bat because of how the depth levels so some people feel like yeah you know I don't want to be asked about what's going on in my life all the time and the the I just want to go to church and leave. I don't want to have to deal with what's happening. I don't want to be interrogated. Right. So many people might say that. Um, you know, there's a lot of yeah. different things that people have struggled with that way. But yeah. Sometimes it's the theology. They feel like you get this experience of very, what I would say, a more conservative reformed theology being preached. But often in form, it tends to be more liberal, and so that's a little, you know, like we have women elders, and we don't have, we don't come down on the end of the world, and the, you know, and the return of Christ as to how that's going to play out. We don't have political positions, you know. We don't even say that the Bible is inspired. We it's an underlying assumption. We don't make. So we don't, you make don't a lot stand of stand up and make that statement, right? Right. Yeah. Like when people ask me, "What do you believe about the Bible?" I say, "Well, what do we preach out of?" Yeah. <laughs> we are at a church. I don't yeah. think I need to make that statement. If you ask me to make that statement, you're trying to pigeonhole me in something that right. I'm not. Right. I'm committed to Jesus and His Word. You figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and the churches, so. Yeah. So that makes people uncomfortable because we're not making statements. Yeah. We're asking for our lives to be the statement. So, yeah, I think we're different. I think 
but sometimes that means I have to make people uncomfortable and be disappointed and feel like I'm not doing the right thing. And now there's various ways of being different. So this is what I I go back and forth on this kind of stuff too. Because like in some regard, like we could be different. Um, like so, if you like one version of different could be like our church can feel more like you're going to a rock and roll performance music wise right. this is one in which I struggle because like that is different than some churches sure increasingly less different um, but in a way like you know I'm I struggle with that like okay that's that's more like comfortable for a certain group of folks that go to rock and roll concerts. Right. Um, but I want a diverse church in that I want 80 year olds and I would hope that we would have, um, you know, representatives of our part of the city and neighbors and, and things of that nature. So like, I wonder about like, when is different good? Like, have you fleshed this out and when is different like getting in the way. Well, I tell you what to go back to you first. And the reason I have a problem with Easter eggs is I <laughs> yes. just don't think it's authentic. It, right. If one church had culturally kind of immersed themselves in their neighborhood, yeah, and found this really deep-seated thing with Easter and bunnies and how... There, there's a neighborhood in Phoenix, I just heard, where chickens are just roaming the whole neighborhood. Okay. Easter egg hunt makes total sense in that Right, neighborhood. that neighborhood, <laughs> Easter eggs. I mean, that is like, that's culturally, that's being missional and, and a missological approach to the whole thing. But I think, and that's what I have a problem with the rock concert. Yeah. Every single Sunday, I also have a problem, my problem, I mean... The problem is I don't want to go to church and it be the same. Right. I want to go to Calvary Chapel and have it be different than Casas Adobas yeah. and have it be different yeah. than Victory. And I don't want it to be different than just that some of us speak in tongues and some of us don't. And you want it, to, music, you want it uh, to be like reflective of the community where that church is, yes. right? Not just not not our Christian tribal differences. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I I want I love going to church. I mean, we preachers are all different. Yeah, I, I love hearing the way preachers approach things differently. But musically, we all have to be the same. Bible studies, we all have to. I mean, you we have to do everything the same. Like I just the sameness does not seem to fit into the the way Jesus or God created the world. He now there are certain. I would assume you guys hold the Apostles' Creed yeah. because of the sameness that that brings between you and. Church, other churches so there's a level right in practice I think creativity has to play itself out and it has to be authentic yeah so okay so this Rod we had a conversation with Rod Nick and I last week and we were talking about the church writing its own music and Rod referenced some conversation in the distant past it sounded like where it was like Perhaps you were writing most of the music for the church rather than the church body writing it. Would that is this accurate at all? Or um, and then that's changed over time. That now, like the music doesn't just come so much from you and your family, but maybe from more people. I, I think that 
yeah, in the beginning, we had, well, I mean, actually, no. Like, so in the beginning, um, there was a collective of people who wrote that I wasn't part of. Okay. And then there was a middle part of the church where I really got into playing guitar and, and wrote maybe 15 songs for the yeah. church. Um, but we have over the last few years had more songwriters enter in and so it's gotten more variety yeah. but I'd say there's probably 10 people who've written who write music at the village so there there is like I've I've noticed at the village like a, there's a diversity within the music yes like, there's know, a diversity there are different bands different sounds different writing styles it's yes. not all right it, it's and that's probably what some people hate is it's like it's not just you well. Don't, you you don't get just what you expect. Yes, and there is a joke at the village that every song uh-huh. starts on A minor, yeah, um, or E minor. I mean, all our music is very minor chorded, and that was on purpose in yeah. the beginning. I mean, because partly, again, we were okay with being critiqued because right. culturally, I mean, I'm actually going like hopefully this week going to be speaking on at this one free Sunday before we hit Galatians. And I want to talk about just how I got here and what it means to like be pricked by the culture yeah. and to see the pain and be driven to offer Jesus to that and, what, and how you understand that in the culture. And I think when we started playing the church in 99, there was, I started that process, there was such a lament in the culture about life yeah. and its music and in its art. That, that began to stir me in ways that, like, trying to understand how does the church speak to the, the, to the lament of things. And at that time, I will say that Christian music, it's gone in two, like, pathways. Yeah. And one pathway is Hillsong, which we talked about, we won't talk about anymore. <laughs> but the other path is, like, you know, there is, artists are much better musicians, and they're writing music really wrestling with the yeah. culture. They weren't doing that. I don't no. think in the past it, at least that stuff didn't get right it was it very very promoted. underground yeah. and not making money I mean Tooth and Nail was doing some stuff but um, anyway so like to like I think there has to be an authenticity to, to bringing the gospel to those things where people don't care yeah. and the church isn't speaking to the pain I think creativity does speak to that I want to go to Mission Church and hear a different way of understanding the scriptures of which we're unified on under the Apostles' Creed. I want to hear a group of musicians who are wrestling with whatever it is you guys are wrestling with theologically and singing that for the church. And I don't mind the larger church having a voice in our music and our way of doing things, but I'm concerned that we decide that the larger church's voice is supposed to be the modern voice and not, and so we've forgotten the ancient voice of the chant and of the, of the hymn that's shaped us over the last hundred years. And I don't want to lose that. I think it's very important as, as a way of anchoring us still in our historic place and, do you ever do, like, for the older people in your congregation, do you do songs just the way we they a, would have yes. sung them? We sing a cappella. Yeah. So, in fact, we've done one, and I think this year we'll probably try to do another couple. Our entire service is just a cappella hymns. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know that means a lot to some of the older folks I know. Like, even just 
here and there to, to not remake all the songs, but every once yeah. in a while to honor the the journey and to sing it the way that it was sung once. Yes. And I'm sure, like, someday, you know, there's going to be some song of our generation, or maybe not. I don't know. Most of a, a lot of the songs of today don't stick. No, they don't. Um, but I could, I could imagine a song that meant a lot to me. Or let's let's just take the church out of it. I could imagine hearing a song that was like a big part of growing up for me, reimagined somehow, and being like, I don't want to hear this version. I want to hear the original. Like that's the one I right. connect with. Well, we have you know, so we've been around eighteen years. Music, you know, music defines who you are in a lot of ways. No matter you know, we listen, grow up listening to music. So the little kids of our church who are now in their nineteen twenty yeah. years old. They just get elated if we play what would now be considered the oldies. Songs uh-huh. that are 18 years old right. or whatever. Yeah. They're so excited and they'll come up and say, oh, I'm so glad you sang these songs. Because they define who yeah. they are. And they get so upset when we change them or rearrange them. Or, yeah. That's that's kind of natural. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, yeah, it, it does... I don't know how we got off all this, but I think authenticity makes it the way you can critique things. And you have to ask, is this right. really authentic? Is this really coming from us or are we... I think that's what I I do wrestle with sometimes. And then, I mean, the hard thing is, like, coming from us. I mean, we're talking about a community. I mean, I don't, we, we probably had 120 people at church on Sunday. And that us is different than the us of a year ago because we merged and things have changed. And yeah. And now we've moved into a new neighborhood. And so, like, asking, like, is this authentically us? I don't think is a one-time question. I think it's a question you're asking over and over and over. Like, who's, who is this community? And are we, um, yeah, is this church, is this worship of this community? Is this right. having the, the conversation preaching to this community? Well, and what happens on Sunday, I believe, has become more and more important because of how, in some ways, McDonald's-style a lot of churches have become. And what I mean is that you you drive in and you're serviced. You have programs for your children. You have, you know, youth groups. I know one big church. I know people who go there, and they, they haven't been to the service forever. Yeah, they go to the Sunday school and then they all hang out in the oh yeah you know the playground. They never go to church, so they're not hearing the word preached over them. They're going to church, but not going to church. Yeah, and I don't even I've, I've experienced all that. Yeah, I don't understand all that, and so I think that that Sunday as a community, having the word of God spoken over you, hearing the words of like the songs of people who are who work together to make that music happen and thought through the words that they're writing and all that to be poured over you and then to sit and eat together and to question each other and where you're at and hear the stories that's a powerful that puts a I don't know that, that there's a spiritual thing that happens there like the Holy Spirit is acting in a way that he doesn't act I think or acts differently in other settings I don't know. He has something about the rhythm of his people being gathered mm-hmm. and inviting people into that rhythm. So, I don't know. So Easter eggs. I'm out with Easter eggs. I'm out with the whole thing. Like Jesus rose from the dead. It's not an Easter egg. It's a, it's a life transforming. 
that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is like I that's what I believe but I feel like I want that to impact what happens at our church more like so just to go back into the like you know oh most of the churches are doing an egg hunt thing like I struggle with that yeah and of course there's going to be some we've talked about this before there's going to be some people who come to your church in the next few years who found Jesus and followed him because of the Easter egg. They and opened an Easter egg and it said Jesus is risen and they believed. Right? Yeah. No, and that's, you know, because the Holy Spirit is happy to work with right. even our inauthenticity. I guess, is that a word? Yeah. Uh, not authentic way of living. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm thankful that God works through everything. Anything. It sounds like you had a long uh, week outside uh, of Easter. Yeah, it's just been it's been a really hard season of life in general. Yeah, it has. Yeah. So I don't even know if you knew that my wife lost her mother last week. Did I even? No. Yeah, she passed away. Really? Yeah. So we've been going through that whole process. Memorial services. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had no That's idea. okay. We we skipped podcasts. I you were doing your thing and uh, man, how's she done? Well, as you all know, she's she's doing. It's a weird place to be, you yeah. know. It, you, some days it's just like man, you're moving on with life and doing what you have to do, and other days it's. Just kind of devastating the absence. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's weird how that stuff uh, death intrudes. And was it expected? Yes. Okay. It's been a three month battle. Really. Yeah, and it was it was really good. Like the day before she died, that evening we went over and talked to her. It was the last time she was coherent, and we held her hand for an hour and chatted. And then I went out of the room, and Sue like just laid next to her and cried and sang over. Her. And that was that was it, really. That was the end. She told her husband, "I want to go to sleep now." And she went to sleep and never woke up. went over to my mom's last night so last night was the first night in months I haven't been working um, <laughs> you may need to take a break my oh, I, no I totally do I, yeah there's no doubt that I do need to take a break um, I'm not fuzzy on that at all um, it's been it's just been it's been a push and there's been extra factors that came in just wouldn't have expected it. Thanks, Brian. I, it's nice to know you understand. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> so comforting. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, I went, went and talked to my mom. Like, I've talked to her, but not just sat down for a while and talked about my dad. And it was, it was incredible, I think, how it just, I was just right back to back to grief so easily so quickly 
um, even though it's it's been months now, you know. But it's just all it took was sitting down and talking about it. And it was just like, there it was. Wow. Yeah. So I, um, I feel for Sue and the family. Yeah. Sorry. It's really interesting how it, it kind of brings your whole relationship with your parents into like focus mm. as they're dying, and oh man, and just all the things that have happened and said and done, and your experiences. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I didn't realize you guys were going through that. Yeah. Well, what's uh, where do we go from here? <laughs> where do we go from here? <laughs> we we have loss. We have frustration. We, we have, have loss. Have frustration. We have Easter. Hey, somebody, uh, you know, I got one vote for the yellow T-shirts. Oh really? Yeah. Somebody so, wants the I got text lemonade. That, that the lemonade I look good shirt. In yellow. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a really great tan, a yellow shirt. Yeah, it can makes look, you look. Yeah, it can. You can look like, good. Yeah. yeah. If you don't have much of a tan, a yellow shirt. I don't know. Well, just yeah. makes you look ill. Oh, the other the other comment on our last podcast I got was, yeah, all of a sudden you guys were starting to talk about sermon prep, and I was like, really. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> People are like, I guess we don't we're going care. there <laughs> again. Well, that's what happens yeah. when you sit down to <laughs> breakfast with two pastors. They're going to talk. No. <laughs> all we can talk about is sermon. That's all we do. We just sermon prep all the time. That's that's our lives. Yeah. No, that's not true. But I wouldn't mind. I, I would like maybe to put on a guest once in a while here. Yeah, just to like tired of this. Well, no, no, I'm not tired of this. I think it just poke me a little bit oh. to think about some things differently. Because yeah. I, I think you and I think about everything as pastors all the time. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's yeah. how it all gets filtered. And I believe that everyone else thinks that way. Yeah, you really do. I do. I have a hard time for remembering that they're not filtering their life the way I'm filtering. Them. Yeah, I don't know. They're exercising much more wisdom. Probably. They probably are. I don't know. Yeah, I'm up for that. You know what we need, which we talked about a long time ago, is we need that administrator. We need that administrator? Because if you're going to set up anything and Mm -hmm. do, you know, somebody needs to look out for that. Yeah, we need need someone to look out for us, set up guests, work our schedules. Yeah, rental car, book the flights. Book the flights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Well, and uh, and keep the finances in check. Because yeah, we don't want to get in trouble with the IRS. We get the money flowing in from this podcast is kind of a lot. Have you seen any money from this podcast? No. No. I was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> no. People like to thank you so much, Andy. Here's a dollar. Yeah. Thanks for everything thanks you have to say. Here's a yeah, a penny for your thoughts. No. Yeah. Um, but that's because we just start talking about sermon prep, and then we go off on. We have some really interesting conversation, and then we start just doing this. Where we just, yeah, where we you know. Well, I mean, this we is our more. podcast. We got nothing to say, and <laughs> you know, I mean, I was thinking about. I mean, the world's just falling apart. Well, you have those crazy presidents who's you know, he's doing this or that, and people get all upset about that. We have all the kids marching. 
got kids oh, marching. There were a lot of kids marching. Yeah, and here people, in town. Yeah, people wondering why uh-huh. kids are marching. And yeah. Where are their parents? And, oh, know. the parents weren't there? Yeah, the parents weren't there, you know. My daughter was there. Oh, she marched, huh? She was, uh, her cousins and aunt went, and I was working on the building, and so she went to. Oh, she went and marched. She went and marched. Yeah, people in The my... interesting thing was, I, you know, she doesn't grasp why she right. went. I wonder, I wonder how many of the kids marching are personally passionate versus just getting in on something that's going on with other people. But, you know, that's probably all marches. There's probably yeah. a mix of that. Yeah. All movements. Well, I mean, with the gun thing, it's just Churches. become... So, I mean, everything is polarized in our country. Mm-hmm. And nothing is... Nothing can be sorted out. Yeah. It has to be black or white. You're trying to take my guns or, you know, it, nobody can... Nobody sh- should have guns at all. Right. It's... It's, you know, it's crazy out there. It is crazy. And how it's do you? It's been kind of crazy. It it has. And how do you but negotiate if, that as a Christian? It's yeah. difficult. Yeah. I was thinking as I was driving down here. One of my favorite verses in Thessalonians is about living a quiet life, not <laughs> calling attention to yourself. Yeah. And. And even some of the more controversial passages that I've been kind of wrestling with in Corinthians about women and head coverings and all those kinds of things, I'm starting to think Paul, I mean, Paul's really concerned about the church not having a bad name, like the church not calling attention to itself in a way that it shouldn't be calling attention, even if there are... Not only, I would venture to say, not only not having a bad name, but not trying to create for itself a good name. Right, right. Not being so worried about its name at all. Right. And I, I think he was concerned, like, I think he didn't want the church to be persecuted. He wanted it to have room to grow. Right. And he didn't want you to be persecuted for undue reasons or to be, you know, misunderstood. And so he's trying really hard to negotiate that in culture, in very diverse cultures that he's writing to. And I'm like, but now as Christians, like, what are we, what, activist-wise, what are we supposed to be doing? Like, how are we supposed to interact with the government? What's the gospel look like in the context of the public sphere? I've noticed the surge is going to talk about public faith. Is yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, you know, so you're saying that, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, Paul did say all those things to those churches, but he also entered into those cities and went into the public places and talked so he, so yep. I wonder what, you know, I, I wish we could get in his mind and I wish we could have him here and say, hey, how'd you parse that out? Like, you, so you went into the marketplace. No, let's just go Act 17. Right. So you, he goes in the marketplace and he starts hanging out and listening and talking to people. And talking to people. So there's that. And they accuse him of being a seed picker, just grabbing a whole bunch of things. Yep. But yep. the resurrection, so with Easter, that, the resurrection interested them. And that was the his key thing like yes he would come back to that and that was the i listened to a great killer sermon the other day about okay just, like i just want to inform you right now it's not god the father god the son god the holy spirit and god the killer i know like, uh, just, just so we know it's just like, that's that's who i listen to I know, the, the most at the moment. when i listen to i don't have a lot of listening time 
but when I do listen. But when I do listen, I listen to Tim Keller. <laughs> Keep going. Um, I love Tim Keller. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have no problem no, with him. I, I'm, I know. I just, I just think it's funny. Um, but I, I, I listened to a good one where he was, I mean, he was just basically talking about, like, how, um, I mean, if the, you know, if the resurrection is true, just how earth-shattering it is. Yes. So that idea of, like, it seemed like Paul, I mean, that was exhibited in Paul. Like, he he talked about it, it made people think he was crazy, mm-hmm. um, or it intrigued people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and he, that was kind of a keystone, like, if Christ is risen, then this matters. Yeah. Um, otherwise, well, even he said, if Christ isn't risen from the dead, we're pitiful. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Can you imagine, just, just for a second, Paul coming into Thessalonica and saying, Hey, um, I have an idea. Let's hide some eggs. <laughs> to pull this wool all the way out. <laughs> and, like, get, and, and let's have some candy. Um, anyway. Right. Well, it's funny to me that Paul sees himself apostolically and in many ways doesn't call his people to being apostolic. He calls them into a structured new way of living in the kingdom. He saw himself as the one who walks into the city and says, you have these rulers like Caesar and they look like they're in charge, but I'm like the forerunner of the one who is in charge. And here's the structure of the new kingdom. And then I'm going to help you like live out this so I think again, like, okay, so what were those churches doing? What is it? I mean, Paul, he did things sometimes out of frustration, like, you know, the demon possessed woman following him around, and finally he's done with it. Yeah. And that caused a lot of problems for him, right? right. He almost died in that process. Um, I might die over the sea strike thing. It's possible. I think you, yeah. Can we just say that Faith Over Breakfast doesn't like the Easter egg hunt? <laughs> and, 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 and you know what the irony is? You did this, one? No, <laughs> that of all podcasts, ours is the one with an egg in the logo. It's true. So we're ironic. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we don't find our eggs, we just eat them. We eat, I ate one this morning. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't even know where we're going. I, I just didn't... I think... We have to go about things differently. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm intrigued by the same thing you're saying. I'm just trying to work that out of like Paul's instruction to the churches are yeah, lead a quiet life. Just like as as much as it depends on you, be at peace with everybody. Yeah. Um. So it's like there is there is something to where it's like. I mean, how I've, I've heard it like the gospel should be the the offense. Yes. Like, I maybe. And that's obviously not a Paul statement, but it's like right. it shouldn't be that everything about your community is offensive, but the gospel, or or other things are you're offensive because you're so thoughtless, and you're offensive because right. you're so um, you just don't listen. Right. It the gospel, the resurrection, that should be troublesome. Yes, I mean, right. and and I don't think people had too much of a problem having him say, "Well, there's this Jesus." And he was killed by the Romans. Right. Everybody's that like, was, yeah, yeah, yeah we cross. know that. Yeah. The, the ask somebody to say, follow the guy who got killed on the cross because he rose from the dead. Uh-huh. The resurrection is hard. Yeah. And that that defies 
it defies logic, right? No. It, it's, but if it's true, it defies logic, and that means it's incredibly true. And, yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I want to walk away on a, on any Sunday, for that matter. Right. Confronted with that sort of right. stuff. I, I think what was revolutionary to me was one of the guys who really encouraged our community to write some music and inspired us. I read an interview with him, which is funny. I, I talked to him recently and said, I need this interview. It's shaped who I am. He's like, I don't even remember this interview. What He's like, I don't believe that. Anymore. I don't even believe that. <laughs> he actually was like, no, hey, I'm writing a book on worship. I'll let you huh. look at it when it's done. But anyway, he said that when you sing like a hymn, most of the time you end that hymn you're disturbed you're not everything is not wrapped up you're a little uncomfortable right. with the gospel has done to you yeah right? and you think about some like you know what wondrous love or amazing grace these are things that are they, great is thy faithfulness they, they disrupt you a little bit oh, as yeah. you they, sing them with amazing love. grace requires you to call yourself a wretch yes there's something about it that just disrupts and even the even though they're singable melodies even the melodies are disruptive in the sense of the way they're sung yeah and so but I think that's our sermons should be disruptive we shouldn't walk away thinking oh yeah like everything's great no we should be like oh my gosh like I, I need to face these things and get like my life in line with Jesus and I should be disrupted with who I am oh I want to take that a step further and say back to the egg hunt our practices should be disruptive yes it's like, I don't feel like our practices should be just like run-of-the-mill stuff you can buy at Walgreens. Like, our practices should be you come into the church and the practices disrupt what's happening, what you, the assumptions are. Right. Well, not, I mean, one of the things that we always, I've always said from the beginning is, hey, like, Jesus is found in the chaos because if you're a mom and you got three kids... Finding Jesus sometimes is in the bathroom with the door shut. Yeah. Right? Crying. Crying. <laughs> and that... Yeah. You can't demand that there be a peaceful, aha moment at church or anywhere else. Like, you have to... Following Jesus' work. Yeah. And you have to work through the disruptive yeah. practices. you got to work through... That doesn't mean there's joy. I mean, that there's great joy... Oh, yeah. ...when you find God and He transforms you. Anyway, we can babble on about this forever. I don't know if we I, want to babble on forever. My, maybe final thought. I, I was thinking about somewhere on the morning of Easter, like how confusing of a day it was and how I wondered if we should feel more of the confusion rather than just the elation and pastel colors and look at my beautiful family. But it's like this is a day where like, there was disbelief there was um, like among the faithful yeah. right and there's where what have they done with him right. um, there's uh, yeah there's just like there's fear I mean the spirit hasn't come right. yet and so it's like there's excitement there's fear there's confusion what does this mean is it even true right. Like, some, I want to feel those tensions, and I, don't want, and I do feel them in my life in general. Yes. 
and I don't want us to shut those down. Well, I think when I come to Easter and I am able to engage with that moment, and, a lot, and having engaged in Lent has helped me because yeah. I don't think growing up I was ever called to reflect on Easter or to prepare myself for the celebration of Easter. Yeah. So Lent has helped me do that in a, in a more disciplined way and to say, no, that's what this is about. I really am going to spend 40 days thinking about Easter. Yeah. It gets me to the place where I'm like, I'm excited. I'm excited about following Jesus because I believe it's true and I know that it's life-changing. And so when I see the, the anxiety and pain of my own community in, the, in, in Tucson and outside of Tucson, like in this world, I'm like, the resurrection is what we need. We oh, need yeah. Jesus raised the you know the first fruits we need hope and without hope you know life is pointless and I don't know I heard one guy I don't even know who said this but he said if you have no hope then you aren't following Jesus you're you're not going and doing things where Jesus is doing things because if you're where Jesus is doing things then you're going to have hope and I think the resurrection pushes me towards like no no I want to see that yeah. Bursting forward in people's lives. And I want, because I know it changed me. So, yeah. I'd like my church to be there. And I'm not sure the Easter egg thing to bring it all the way back does that for, for my community. No. So. I've, in my experience, never seen it serve that purpose. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll sign off. Sign um, off, yeah. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I think we'll see you next week. Yeah, I really hope we will.